morning, and welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. We are here to discuss um, Pokemon Violet. Um, and before we get too deep into it, um, if you want to support the show, um, we have something uh, special going on this week. Go to multipleworldproductions.com slash Black Friday. MultipleWorldProductions.com slash Black Friday. And you can get free copies from the 22nd to the 26th. Free copies added to your Kindle library of Swan Song, In the End, The Muses, Duet, Our Past Does Not Define Us, um, Temple Outside Time, and Sizzle Reel are all available for free to add to your uh, library in advance of Echo Delta coming out at the end of this week. Um, All of them are available completely for free. Um, So if you want to add them to your library, go ahead and add them to your library. If you want to pre-order Echo Delta Part 1, that you can pre-order at the bottom of the page. There's a link to pre-order that as well. So if you want to support the show, that's a great way to do it. And a great way to catch up in advance of Echo, De- Echo Delta Part 1. Um, so, yeah, that is uh, going on for the rest of this week through Saturday. Um, which brings us, you know... And, you know, before we get too deep into this, I saw an article this morning um, while I was getting ready. It was one of two articles on like, really? And, and, and this one was, it was a, a comment from editor of the Flash movie, and he's talking about, um, why the movie's been delayed so much, and I, am like, I, I look the hell, I'm like, this has to be clickbait, because it's like, I know the answer, the answer is they want to see if they can keep Ezra Miller out of the news long enough that they can do a, a press tour with him without having to be like, okay, well, you know, so what have you been up to? And it's like, well, we know, we know what he's been up to, and it's, it's not, not great. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's that kind of thing where they want, kind of want the current situations with, um, Ezra to blow over, but that's not the answer this guy gave. And this guy says that they want to perfect the technology to make the effects look great, to have two of the same character on screen at once, to which I say... What the fuck? I I thought we've perfected that already. Like I, I thought I thought we we had that covered. Like didn't didn't we have like Lindsay Lohan play against herself in in Freaky Friday in like two thousand and like or, or the late nineties? Like and 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 look at the the TV show for The Flash. Like. Look, that, that show gets shit on for its effects, but anytime Barry has to talk against Barry, it, it never looks bad. Like, the fuck? I, I genuinely don't understand what they're talking about when it's like, we need to make this... I don't know, it's just... It's just baffling to me that that's like... It's kind of like you're looking around the room like, oh, what 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 the fuck? What, what, why is this delayed? We can't say it's because of Ezra Miller. What, what, uh, oh, uh, the, the, we have to make it look really good when there are two people on screen, two of the same person on screen at the same time. And it's like, okay... But, like, we, as a society, 
we, we figured this out to the point where soap operas can do it now. Like, soap operas, notoriously cheap soap operas can do it. Why the fuck can't... I don't know. Um, but, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about um, Pokemon Violet. Um, which is the version of the game that I played. And I'm... I'm on the fence about the game. Um, not in terms of the content and quality of the game, uh, or the content of the game. The quality is kind of where I, uh, don't exactly gel with it. I mean, look, for me, as I just said, I watch CW. I, like, that clusterfuck of CGI where, you know... Barry is fighting the other forces in the Speed Force didn't didn't bother me that much. Been a lot of really shoddy effects over the course of eight seasons. Effects not looking great. Don't bother me. Unless it's egregious and it shouldn't. Like it's a kind of like a sliding scale. Um and 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 let me just say this about about Scarlet and Violet and why I'm hesitant to really take off a ton of points on it for this. None of the effects, or the graphical glitches, or the jank, or whatever you want to call it, or the frame rate drops, or anything like that, have yet, have impacted the game in terms of playability. Nothing has happened so far, over the course of the runtime, where it has been notably, like, you the, the effects, like, you may get a camera at a weird angle in a battle, but the camera's movable, so it's just, these effects just slide it a little bit. Um, well, it, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's, like, you, it, it they're, gra- like, they're gra- and sometimes you, you'll get pop in where it's, like, something will pop in a little bit up the, up the ways on a map instead of being directly in front of, instead of, you know, and, you know, or a mountain will pop in somewhere, or, like, you know, like, entire structures or cities will just pop in, or Pokemon will pop in, which, that can get annoying, that I'll concede is a little annoying, especially if you're trying to go with intent somewhere, the, the idea of having Pokemon in the overworld should be that you could be able to do anything, and on the one hand, I look at this, and I'm like, look, this is, um, what's it called, this is a, uh, a work in progress in a way, this is, you can lay on your horn all you want, motherfuckers, like, you can, it is kind of like, like, a lot of the things feel like kind of a step down from, um, from, from Arceus, but at the same time, Arceus is operating in an entirely different kind of environment. I think one of the things that would benefit Pokemon, and especially with people bitching about textures and all of that, which happens a lot, you get a lot of people bitching about textures when it comes to this game, um, I think that one of the things that would definitely benefit is committing to a more cartoony style, instead of doing this, like, it looks like they're trying to be realistic, but like in an early 2000s kind of way, where the world's trying to be realistic, and it's not quite getting there. Maybe they committed to a more cartoony style. Kind of like what, um, what's it called did. Um, what, uh, uh, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl did. 
Like, maybe if they did that, that would work a little better. But just in the confines of this game, where we're dealing in this, you know, in this fully 3D environment, and this fully rendered and, and open world, it's like, it, it's obvious you can't keep too much going. You're not, you, you, you're not quite there yet. Um, but what you do need is you need to do something to get this kind of, um, on track in a way. Um, and I think that what, like, from what, and the game is totally fun. Like, I didn't realize that I was still on, like, the plateau, for lack of a better word, if we're referring to, um, like, Breath of the Wild, the tutorial plateau, for a while, because I was like, oh, this is awesome, I can just catch Pokemon, I can do this, and then once you get through that initial, like, every Pokemon game has this slog for the first few hours, where you're kind of just, or first hour, really, where you're just kind of stuck into a tutorial, um, and there should, and, and again, this is the one thing that, for me, I wish they'd been doing, and they would do, is, you know, give, give the option to get rid of the tutorial, because, like, I've been playing Pokemon longer than I would assume the good amount of people who are making the game have been working for the Pokemon company at this point. Um, I don't know how many of the original staff are still there, but 30 years on, I've been playing Pokemon for a very long time. I don't need to sit here and be tutorialized. I would like the ability to turn that off um, and, and just be able to skip the tutorial. I don't need the story aspect. Just get me into the open world as quickly as possible so that way I can, you know, go and do whatever I want. Which, and to the game's credit, that is kind of how it works. Once you get past the tutorial, it's like, all right, have fun. Go out and do things. There are three quest lines. And I think that that's another thing that really benefits the game. Because when I heard, oh, there are three stories, it's like, do I, do I have to pick one and commit to that for the entire thing? Um, because obviously I'm going to pick the Pokemon Link. But the, the way it works with the three quest lines is you you are given all three quest lines. And then all three of them show up on the map in different spots. And you have to just... And it's not go in order to uh, A to B to C to D. It's just, here's the open map. Here is where all the things to get all of uh, the Titan Pokemon are. Here's where all the gyms are. And here's where all the Team Star bases are. Just go in and, and do it that way. Um, and it's like, it's it's a great way to do things. I, I, I'm totally on board with this. And, and I really like it. Really like it. And, and the reason why I'm, I'm not saying that the graphics are that big of an issue is because while they're janky, while the pop-in is a little weird, while they're, while, you know, while some things don't exactly flow as nicely as they should, while the textures aren't great, and all of that, I still look at the game and I'm like, look, if, if, and, and, and to be fair, I'm not saying the Pokemon Company is a, is a small company, um, not, not at all what I'm saying, um, what I'm saying is they were slow to get on this train, so they are playing catch-up in a weird way. They are trying to get to the point where everyone else was years ago. Because really what this game is, is it's a unordered version of, like, Shadow of the Colossus. You've got a giant open world. You can go do whatever the fuck you wanted. Um, like, it, you can go explore. You can go... Like, that Like that was one of the things that I was like, this is amazing. But in, in a world where... Um, we're at, they're now at the point where other games were years ago, they're playing catch-up, they don't, like, 
and, and, and it's something where, like, it's obviously a memory issue. Obviously, it's a memory issue. Obviously, and, and, and I saw people saying, like, well, it's because the Switch can't handle it. And then I'm like, well, then if you don't have the capability to develop within the confines of the console you're developing for, you shouldn't make the game the way it is then. But I think that giving, like, for the amount of graphical glitches there are, and, and graphical anomalies, and, and frame rate drops, and things like that, the fact that there isn't unbreakable game-ending glitches, um, that, that are just wrecking the game up and down the thing, where it's like, you know, the fact that that doesn't exist is just kind of incredibly impressive to me. Um, especially with the number of glitches that, that kind of permeate this game. Um, it's, it's, it is intriguing to me, to say the least. Um, and, and, and look, I mean, I, I feel kind of the same way I did about Red Dead, Redem uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, where it's like, look, I got to a point in the game where I'm comfortable. I can go out and fuck around in the open world. I'm thrilled about that. And, and really, all I've ever wanted from a game is just, here is this entire world. Go explore, go look for shit, do it at your own pace, pace do the story in the order you want. And that's the thing, too, about this that I really like. There's no sense of urgency to it at the point in the game I'm up to. There is no, you have to go, or it's like, that. that's one of those things where it always feels kind of weird. Like, if you look at, like, you know, Breath of the Wild, like, yes, you can go do whatever you want, but considering the stakes of the game, it does feel a little weird if you're going out and cooking copiously and just wandering around and exploring and doing all these side missions and looking for Korok seeds, and it's like, well, there are, there are bigger things to do. Same goes for Sonic Frontiers to an extent, where it's like, you look at that and you're like, the, the stakes are kind of big here, your friends are trapped in cyberspace, you might want to get on that instead of fucking around and and trying to, to do all this other bullshit. Um, but I don't think that it's really the, like, I think that this is, you know, the, the stakes are kind of low, and I think it works because the stakes are low. Um, some of the new Pokemon designs I'm not thrilled about. I think that they're starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel, and I think if there's one thing I think that they need to do is I think Bank needs to turn into a live service. Um, where you're paying the $5.99 a year storage fee, or however much it is for the year for the storage fee, but also add a, a Coliseum, or not Coliseum, or like a Battle Revolution, or, um, or, or um, stadium-style battling thing for people to battle with each other. I feel like that's the best way to, to make that really work. Yeah. Um, I haven't tried the Union Room yet. I haven't tried a lot of the other features um, of the game. Well, I mean, specifically that one. But, yeah, the game's pretty fun. Um, I'm, I'm actually really enjoying it. And I think that part of it is, I can... I, here's here's my, my biggest problem with the game, is... The, um, the raids. The raids are not handled well, um, in my opinion. The raids are, um, what's it called? Kind of all over the place. Um, and they're all over the map. And if you recall from 
uh, what was the other games? Um, if you recall from, uh, from Sword and Shield, the raids were also all over the map in those games, but the map was a lot smaller. So the fact that it was going, you had to go all over and, and activate all of them to get them to refresh and get new ones, that was kind of okay. Here, the map is so big um, that the Terra Star raids take a while. You have to go around to all of them. I think I have yet to encounter a natural reset besides it turning midnight and it resetting that way. Um, and that's the only way I've encountered this game so far where it will reset the raid crystals. So that way you can do another raid. Um, which, alright, fine, I get it. And, and you do get some funny type combinations. Like, I've gotten the, the little chipmunk dude, whose name I'm forgetting. Um, like, I'm getting him, and, uh, yeah, I feel like it's a, uh, like, I've gotten him as a dragon type, and I'm like, alright, well, that's useful. Somewhat, somehow, I feel like, maybe, I don't know. Um, does I, can, can you use, I haven't, I haven't tried it yet, but can you use a TM for that move type on a, on, on, on a Pokemon of that type. So, like, let's say, like, let's say, for example, I have that little early game chipmunk dude, um, the regional rodent, I think, from, um, what's it called? Uh, what's it called? From, uh, Sword and Shield, if I remember correctly, that's where that's from. Um, and, and that little guy is, what's, what's the one I'm looking for here? That little guy is, um, a dragon type. Can I, like, teach it Dragon Pulse now? Otherwise, the Terra Stall is just gonna uh, adjust what, what affects it. Um, but yeah, and, and I think giving it the dragon type is not, it, it's useful, but it's, you don't get stabbed, so I'm not entirely sure of the point of, I gotta, I gotta do a little more research with the Terra Stall and, and how that works. Um, but it's cool. It is. It is pretty cool. Um, and um, yeah, the I think the only issue with the Terra Star raids is that, and, and I understand why. Um, the Terra Star will change the type of the Pokemon instead of adding a type. It seems, um, from what I've noticed so far. Um, where if it if it is if you add in a poison type, it doesn't add poison type as a third type. Um, it adds uh, it just changes the type wholesale to poison. So you end up with these situations where you're battling and um, you're stuck with what's it called? You're stuck with uh, this weird kind of situation where it's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm just giving up the type advantage. And then you just send in, you know, it's, or it's like I have shelter that has aura, aura beam, and it's like, all right, well, anything that's dragon type, this is gonna be pretty easy. So just tack my way through it. But you know, they're they're still they're still fun, and that was one of the things I really liked doing. In uh, and I think it does make leveling up a lot easier. Um, and I think that the trainers not being as intrusive as they are is also useful because the idea that you have to. Um, like, go and talk to a trainer specifically to, to battle them is a great idea. Um, 
because I really don't want to have to battle every single person I, I um, what's it called, I encounter in this game, um, because it'd be fucking ridiculous, and then especially if you end up accidentally wandering into an area that's higher leveled, um, that, that could be catastrophic for you, um, but yeah, um, I mean, look, I don't think they're gonna fix the graphic glitches via, um, via a patch, I don't think the issue is that big of a deal, I think that what they're looking at is we have sold the game, the game is, you have your game, have a great day, good, have a nice life, we do not need to address this ever again, there may be DLC down the line, um, I have yet to see any data miners crack that, I don't recall if data miners cracked that for, um, for Sword and Shield before that announcement, um, but I have yet to see anything yet, doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but would be interesting if it did. Um, but yeah, I think that is everything for uh, for this so far. When I finish the game, I'll do a full review. This is just first impressions. I've beaten the first gym, beaten the first Titan, and beaten the first um, what's that thing called? Uh, the first um, Team Star base. So that that'll give you a sense of where I am, and I have all of these opinions on it based on this, so I'm a few hours in, I'm, I'm a good six, seven hours in, but I'm not, you know, doing terribly poorly, and I'm not, you know, doing a, a great, you know, speed run, uh, I'm taking my time, um, but we'll wrap up there for today, um, we should be going to see another movie tonight, I'm not entirely sure which one yet, I think it's gonna be Strange World, we'll take a look at the, uh, times and all of that, uh, that will be later this evening, and we will also have uh, more stuff this week as it happens Andor is ending tomorrow so Thanksgiving Day get ready for Andor episode 12 so until then have a great rest of your week good morning and welcome to Beware of Spoilers I am Adam on a video game episode uh, the second of three this month it's a fucking packed out month um, so, what we have is, um, ever since Sword and Shield, Pokemon has taken to releasing DLC packs as part of their distribution strategy for their games, which, I, here's the thing, and I think I talked about this a little bit with Sword and Shield, Crown Tundra, and all of that, did I do an episode about that? I'm, it, it was years ago at this point, but whatever, I'm of the belief that I prefer this method to the third game. Because if the option is pay $60 for Scarlet or Violet, and then pay $60 for a third version of the game, or like it pay pay $60 for Sword and Shield, and then pay another, you know, another $60 for, for like what Pokemon Gun. And I, I think that that is kind of the, like, this is a better solution because it's cheaper, and you don't have to play through the plot again. Um, so I think this is a better, better solution. Um, and for what it's worth, I did enjoy, uh, the, the DLC for Sword and Shield. I think that the, the second one, the Crown Tundra, is the better of the two. Um, but still both are, both are equally, you know, kind of valid, and, and I appreciated both of them. So, 
leading up to the the this the, this the DLC is two parts. It's called the Secret of Area Zero, and part one is called the Teal Mask, which is what came out already. And I think this of the three that have come out so far, this is my least favorite of the three um, between the two parts for Sword and Shield and now this. My problem with it is the region has some cool designs, but it's kind of samey no matter where you go. Um, like, in Paldea, it's like, when, when you're going around and you're, and you're, you know, going all over the place, you can go anywhere you want. There are biome kind of, you know, what's it called? There are kind of like biome landmarks that you can use to be like, okay, I'm here, I know where I am. Let's just follow this, you know, and then we will get to wherever we're going next. Like, you get that all over the map there. You don't quite have anything like that here. Everything feels kind of similar, except for the large mountain in the middle. Which, again, coming from Paldea, which also had a large mountain in the middle, it feels like they're just kind of scaling back the same thing they already did. Um to make it a little, slightly different. Um, I mean, look, there are some things, like, there's the wooded area, there's, like, the mountain area, there's, like, the big, empty, like, kind of, like, a, a gulch area, but, like, if that, like, it, it still kind of all feels similar, which I think doesn't help, uh, if you're trying to sell this as a, as a whole region. Um, what else was there? Um, there was the, the 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 selection of Pokemon in this too is part of the problem because let's just you know get it out of the way. I don't know if I'm I'm probably not most people, but I had completed the Pokédex for Paldea before starting this DLC. I had the little gold emblem and I had the shiny charm and I had completed all of that and. By the time this DLC started, I had completed the Pokédex already. When I get into this DLC, it's already, like, half done, because half of them are already things that we already had, and then the other half are new. Um, and I don't think the selection is quite great. Um, like, I, like there, there, there are very few that I'm like, oh, shit, that's cool. Like, you know... Oh, it's cool that this one's back. Like, th th there aren't too many of those moments where it's... And, and a lot of it is, like... Okay, cool, Geodude. I've seen Geodude in every fucking Pokemon game since I was, like, three years old. Like, I, I don't need, like... It's not something that's particularly, you know... Jump out and, like, yeah, cool. And the same goes for, like, Poliwag. And it's, like, you know... And then you get the same main stage, and it's just like, alright, whatever. And then comes the other issue I have, where I'm playing the game, and I have this thought as I'm playing. What's the point of, um, trade evolutions anymore? And these hard-to-do evolutions? Because, like, that's the big issue. Like, when I, when I play this game. The big issue I have is, like... Okay, you gotta find all the evolution stones if you want to evolve some of these. Like, you're gonna need a, a water stone to evolve Poliwag. You're gonna need a, uh, what was the other one? Like, you need a King's Rock to evolve it into, into Polytoad. And it's like, you need to find, and, and granted, I do have a few King's Rocks already, because 
they're just isn't use for them, and you find them fairly, not fairly regularly, but enough where you get a nice little collection, and, you know, like, the Reaper Cloth for, for, for Dustnor, and, and stuff like that, and in a world where I'm playing this game, and there are all of these, um, parts where the raids have all the final forms, I'm just kind of like, what the fuck's the point of this? Like, why am I, you know, what's the point of hunting down these items and doing trade evolution? Like, I think the the mechanic of trade evolution has outlived the franchise, and I think if they're going to continue with the raid mechanic, and I don't see why they don't, because it's a great way to continue having people engage with the game after release, um... And look, if they can figure out a way to monetize it, they will. And that'll be in the next game. And I think that that's kind of where this is now. If you're going to have that, make it an item or by level up. Like, there's no reason why I still have to, in the year 2022, uh, 2023, trade Graveler to evolve it into Golem when I can catch a Golem. Number one, Golem appears in raids, but I'm fairly certain... I ran into a golem just kind of chilling in the overworld. And it's like, all right, whatever. And the same kind of thing happens where it's like, you know, in this one, you can catch uh, King's Gambit, which is the new evolved form of, um, of Bishar. And I'm like, well, all right, I spent all that time trying to fucking farm this one piece and, and, and then give it to my fucking sharp and then level it up so that way I can get King's Gambit, but now we got this stuff, like, it's just kind of silly is what it is, and I'm just kind of stuck here, I'm, I'm looking at this, I'm like, huh, I, like, wh- why was this decision made, and I, I think, like, historically that's why, and look, I'm gonna be honest, I don't see them ever changing it, like, when Gen 10 eventually comes out, I don't see them going like, you know what we should do? You know, we should cut down on the trade evolutions and instead go with the, uh, what's it called? Instead go with these bigger kind of, um, what's it called? You know, and, and instead go with a, a, what's the other thing instead? Like, a, an item. Like, in Mystery Dungeon, they have the linked cable item. Like, you know, I, I, I don't see them doing that. Because it's just one of those things where it's like, alright, if Golem's existing in the overworld, then how is that happening in the wild? How is this golem existing in the wild if it needs to be evolved via human intervention? Um, it just have a little weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm not saying the game is bad. I still had a ton of fun with it, and I, th- I just think that this is the weakest of the three, but also I think that this is now both times that it's likely that the second DLC pack is the better of the two. Because I seem to recall even, you know, from my impressions of the Sword and Shield DLCs, like, I seem to recall not loving the first one, the, um, the, what was it, the, uh, the Isle of Armor. Like, I, I seem to not recall liking that one as much as I liked the Crown Tundra. Um, yeah, I seem to recall, yeah, and the Crown Tundra had such a, like, both of those had such different, differing, like, looks and feels on their places, like, and look, I, I'm, I'm gonna say it right now, until 
you know, the, the, the next one comes out, um, I'm probably not going to leave this area, like this, this area of, because uh, I'll say this, for, for farming XP candy through raids, it is a lot easier with this, uh, with this game. Um, with, with the DLC, and, and that is definitely a net positive. I will give it that, um, because you don't have to run all over the planet. You don't have to go. You know, it, it's it's a lot easier to the, the because the map is smaller and it still has a ton of the the the, the terror raids. There's still plenty to to do. It feels more like the wild area from from Sword and Shield in terms of size. I know it's probably larger by a sizable scope, but just in terms of, for for that farming, it, it feels a lot tighter, uh, for lack of a better word. And I think that is something that does, you know, that does kind of work um, for what this is. So I will probably end up just staying in Katakari, whatever the name of the region is, until, you know, we get the next DLC pack. Um in the form of, uh, you know, going to the Blueberry Academy, which is in Unova. And that's the thing, too, is that this, this, this DLC starts in such a place of hype that I'm like, this is fantastic. This is exactly where I want to go. Because it, the, I talked about it a little bit when I did the episode about what's going to happen in the new Pokemon Presents, where I said, do we get an announcement about Unova? Because I think that we have a lot of ground to cover in Unova. And I think there's a chance that when we get, you know, our next games next year, because keep in mind, we are now in early 20... You know, we have I think we have one more DLC allegedly coming out before the end of the year, but then after that, we don't have anything announced until presumably next November. Um, I could see that being, you know, black and white remakes. And if that's the case, and then we get a Legends Unova... Like, this is a good way to ease people back in to to that region. Um, which could be cool. We haven't been to that region since 2012, when, uh, when, when Black 2 and White 2 came out. Like, I'm interested to see the, to, to go back there. I want to see what it looks like, you know, rendered in, in, in full 3D with the power of the Switch. And, look, hopefully, like... I, I'm not going to hold my breath. I mean, I think it's going to be in the same style as Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, which I didn't hate, but I know a lot of people did. But I think that we're, we're building toward Unova in a real meaningful way, in the same way that, like, thinking back at X and Y, there's a lot of little references to Sword and Shield, all, not Sword and Shield, to uh, Ruby and Sapphire all over that game, and then we end up with Omega, Ruby, Alpha, Sapphire. Um... Which, if we're doing another one of these, you know, I think that part of what was missing from from Brilliant Diamond Shining, Shining Pearl was, like, taking things that were from that generation and scaling them to the new game. Like, when we looked at, like, you know, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire made full use of, what's it called? Made full use of, uh, what's it called? The other game. Um... Uh, Mega Evolution, uh, and and in its case, Primal Reversions, 
with uh, with Mega with, with Primal Kyogre, Primal Groudon, and then Mega Kyogre. Uh, not Mega Kyogre, Mega Mega um, that other one, Rayquaza. Um, and if it uses like if if that's where we're gonna be with this, and they're gonna do something like that. Considering we have this teacher from Unova who is very interested in the the the, I, I'm gonna. Uh, it's not Terragenesis. That's that's from Marvel. Terrestrialization, I think, is the name of the process. Um, it, with that, I think that we can see Terra. Uh, you know, the the Terra Pokemon making an appearance in, in that, and I think that you know one of the things is you know we have. You know, the, the myth around, you know, Kyrum is interesting. Where it is this Pokemon that came from space, and it is this thing where it's like it, it, it was one Pokemon, and it dealt with these two guys who who had different ways of, of wanting to be in charge. And then, you know, it split itself in half, and the empty husk left behind was Kyrum, and... You know, Reshiram and Zekrom were born that way, and it's an interesting kind of origin story that doesn't really get addressed too much. But if that's the case, and that's how this is going to go, then you know, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe this woman who's working for the Blueberry Academy works for Team Plasma. You know, maybe that's what this is. Maybe she, maybe she ends up being like, what was it? Who was that person in? In. Chorus, I think was her name. Was she in X and Y or was she in Sun and Moon? Who was like a scientist who was kind of an ally and then it turned out was working for the bad guys. I seem to recall that from one of the games. Um, maybe that was black and white. But maybe that's the role she's playing here. You know, maybe she's playing the role of I'm going to be your, you know, um, what's it called? I'm going to be the one who's going to, um, you know, help you out. And why is she looking into this? Because she wants to use this process to, you know, to repair that Pokemon fully. Which would be cool. Um, but maybe that's where we're going. And we'll see when we get to, what's it called? When we get to, uh, what's it called? Um, the other half, I don't know what the other half is called. The other half of this. Uh, which, the other half of Secrets of Area Zero uh, coming Presumably this winter, so I would say probably December, right around Christmas, I can see it coming out. Or I would say, you know, I think that it's possible we get it in November, and then they release a what's it called? They release a, a game of the year edition, um, for lack of a better word. I don't think it won any game of the year awards, but game of the year edition of of it with all the DLC or both DLCs bundled together. You can buy that for Sword and Shield. Where it's game plus DLC, um, but that would be that would be an interest that that's that's possible I think for this year. Um, but we'll wrap up there for today. So the the teal mask is out now. You can buy the DLC. You can't buy just the teal mask. You got to buy the two pack. It's thirty five bucks. Sun and Nintendo eShop. Uh, or if you have the copy of, of Sword and Shield uh, or, or uh, Scarlet and Violet. Uh, when you boot the game up and go to the start menu, it has the DLC down there. Um, I would say check it out. Um, I think it's definitely worth the, you know, the time. I think that it's not the worst. You know, I mean, it's the, it's the worst of the DLC, but it's not the, you know, it, it's not as bad as I may have been seen. 
Um, there's plenty of fun to be had. It is entertaining enough um, to keep the to keep you engaged throughout. And and if you enjoyed, you know, just getting to run around a new region is kind of cool. And I think the, the story is okay. The characters are great though. I really liked uh, what's her name, Carmine, and I really liked uh, Kieran. Um, they're, they're interesting additions, and and what was her name, Perrin. It's pretty interesting, too. Um, could we be getting another snap? Who knows? But we'll wrap up there for today. Our next video game will be Lies of P next week. Uh, the new Soulsborne game that I don't... Or Souls-like game that I don't think we're going to have too many new thoughts on beyond uh, what I've already said back in the preview. But we'll see. Uh, so, until our next episode, have a great rest of your week. Good morning, and welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. For this, the last episode about a video game on this show. And I know what you're probably thinking. Why? Um, I think I went over this already, but let me guess. Those that didn't listen to the episode, um, plus the Pokemon, so, you know, it'll tie nicely into the new thing. Um... We did video games a lot this year. We did a lot of new games. Um, we did Hi-Fi Rush. We did Hogwarts Legacy. We did... Um, what's it called? We did... Uh, did we do Fallen Order? Or Jedi Survivor? I, I don't remember. We might have. Definitely did Starfield. Definitely did Mario Wonder. Um, but the issue is... Um, video games have a very high cost of entry. Um, it is rare that I get codes for games. I have to buy them retail. I'm going to review them. Um, and the issue is, because Beware of Spoilers is, by and large, a movies and TV podcast It is categorized as much on all your podcasting services out there, because it, that is how it, it's kind of listed, um, it does end up... Um, these episodes are harder to find, because the category doesn't line up with the, what's it called, doesn't line up with the, the topic of the show. So, we did have some success earlier in the year with a similar pilot program over on 30 Minute Reviews where we launched a new, like, extra show, um, be, uh, called The Backlog Files. It was a, a, a brief run, game, uh, video game, retro video game look. Where we would go in, we would pick a video game um, from the past, we would talk about how, how great it is, and we would. Fuck, um, And then we would talk about, you know, what that game did right or wrong, um, depending on the. You know, depending on the game. Um. And to that end, you know, we did talk about a lot of great older games. Um, we talked about, uh, you know, Scooby-Doo Night of 100 Frights. We talked about Fairly Odd Parents Breaking uh, Rules. You know, all that kind of good stuff. Um, and, and it was a bigger success than I would have thought it would be. Um, I had minor hopes for the show. And, and, and it, it got greater listener numbers than... I would have thought it would have. Um, so, what's the point of all this? The point is, we're going to be launching a new podcast in 
the in the new year, starting I think January second is the first episode launching, um, where we talk almost exclusively about video games. It is a podcast about video games um, called The Backlog Files. You know, branding we have that. So, Backlog Files will be launching on January second. We will have links up for it on the website. You know, mwbnews.com. All that good stuff. Um, and I, I the, the the point of all of this is, you know, we're not going to be doing the new release things here. On that new podcast, we will be doing. Um, on that new podcast, we will be doing specifically, you know, old games most of the time. But if new games come out, we will be talking about them. There, we'll be doing reviews. Like, I feel like Thousand Year Door, definitely on the list of games we're going to be doing. Um, like, I feel like, um, what was the other one? Um, uh, we're, we're, like, we're going to be doing, um, Dark, uh, Dark Moon, the Luigi's Mansion 2 remake. Um, so, yeah, there's, there is plenty of games we're going to be coming that are new, but on a week-to-week week basis, we're going to be reviewing and ranking video games in a specific franchise. We're going to start with Pokemon, and then we're going to move through that, and then after that we will move into a new franchise, maybe Final Fantasy, one that I'm thinking, maybe we go Kingdom Hearts, maybe we go, you know, we'll see. Um, and this also might be where we do our quarterly um, Kingdom Hearts thing, and I've been talking about with Josie over at Explore, uh, Exploring Hyperspace Labs, uh, but we'll see. Regardless of, of what we do, you know, this will be the last time we do new releases, new release video games on Beware of Spoilers. And what a way to go out with Pokemon the Indigo Disc, um, which is part two of the, treasure, the Lost Treasure of Area Zero. Um, and look, I will be honest about this. I... I I don't think this DLC is that good. Um, I don't think any part of it is great. Um, I, I think that there is, there are substantial problems all around with, you know, graphical quality for starters, and then to go other places too. It's like, well, the, you know, forgetting the graphics, forgetting the, you know. The, the somewhat lack of content that kind of plagues this DLC pack. Um, it is... It, the story's kind of shallow, especially in pack two. Pack one felt bigger, which kind of flips the script from... If you recall back when I was talking about part one, which is the Teal Mask, um... I said that, like, okay, well, maybe, like, with, with Scarlet and Violet, I mean, with uh, Sword and Shield, like, the the Isle of Armor um, didn't feel as big as the Crown Tundra. Maybe the Crown Tundra will be bigger um, and, and be better. Uh, I am not impressed by the Terrarium. Um, this game feels very grindy. Um, or this DLC pack feels very grindy, and I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, what the fuck is with all this flooding? Um, 
So, yeah, I, I, I'm like, on the one hand, I'm kind of like, it's, it's, the idea is cool. The execution is where this kind of gets lost, you know, and, and, and there's one thing very early on that kind of not trips you up, but kind of sets the tone for what's going to be happening in this, and that would be, um, the, the, what's it called, the, the pad that starts out the DLC pack. You start the DLC pack padding around, um, the, the terraria. That is the academy. You're, you're padding around that. Um, and it's supposed to be the cool moment of, look at how big and vast and cool this shit is. And yet, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's glitching. The floor is flickering into and out of existence. The, you know, the sky is not staying the color it should be. It's just kind of, you know, it, it's flickering, too. Um, and I'm like, well, that's something. Like, I don't know what the thought that was there. Um, but either way, it's like you, like, I played this game, and I, I'm unimpressed on almost every conceivable level. At every opportunity to do something right, they take the wrong choice, and it's bad. Um, like, I, I'm not a fan of the, 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 like the grindiness to complete the Pokédex in this is something that I'm really not a fan of. And it's not even the fact that you have to sit here and, you know, you gotta, you know, yeah, there are still version exclusives and all of that, but it's not even that, because that you can deal with pretty easily, especially when you're playing as long as I have and you have home. Um, it, the, the bigger issue that kind of, that, that, that is here is the fact that, like, not all of the Pokemon are available in the terrarium from the moment you go in. And considering the fact that the 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 fact that all the starters are there are you know is is telegraphed early on as a look at how great this is, this is what this is gonna be. You're gonna catch all the starters in the terrarium. Like the fact that that is a, a selling point to this, and it's not articulated, oh no, you have to grind out these fucking battle points to upgrade each Terraria biome to get that, it's kind of like, oh fuck, and it's not even like they're, it, it's not even like they're fun things, um, where it's like, the, you know, it, it's like, walk, okay, walk 500, easy enough. Um, make a TM, um, go and, um, you know, use auto battle to battle five things, like, it, it's just all shit where you're like, oh, this is annoying, like, what the fuck, um, and the story's so short, too, where it's like, alright, you, you're here now, congratulations, you're here, go fight the Elite Four, and then, uh, fight the champion, and then you're gonna go into Area Zero again, and you're gonna go down to the bottom, and that's just... Uh, a, a, you're gonna go down, you're gonna fight a bunch of stellar Terra-type, uh, Pokemon. And it's like, if not for the fact that the area is so big, um, the Terraria is kind of large. If not for that, 
this game would feel like cut content that's being repackaged and resold. Um, and I think that's kind of my biggest problem with it. I don't feel watching it, or playing it, like I am getting a good value for the amount of money that DLC was. And we've talked about it before, where it's like, yes, the bar is a little bit different for Pokemon games, because I greatly appreciate the fact that I'm not buying a third version of the game, like they had done for years, where I'm not buying a third version of the game, where I'm going to play ostensibly the same story as the first two versions, with some minor adjustments here and there, um, to, to take advantage of the, of the version differences, um, and look, I, I, I totally, totally, totally get that. Like, totally get that. My my issue is it's like you you cut an elite four and a champion. Like this could have you, you didn't have to do this in a DLC pack. This could have just been in the base game. There's very little in this besides the existence of the terrarium itself and the existence of Kitakami in the last one that needed to be in its own region. This could have just been endgame content. Like, I, I guess by packaging it as you get this new region and you get this terrarium you can go and fuck around in, you can sell it for 40 or 35 or whatever it was. Like, maybe it was 30. But it, it, it just feels like this should have just been the end of the game. Like, this doesn't feel like it should have been repackaged and resold Aftermath. It is just the conclusion. And that's the thing, too, is as I'm going through the 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 lowest caves of Area Zero to get to where Terrapagos is, I'm just like, yeah, why wasn't this in the base game? Like, if, like, and I think that that is kind of what worked about the, the DLC for... Sword and Shield, was that the DLC for Sword and Shield didn't just feel like a continuation of the story, culminating in the same area as the first time it culminated the story. Like, this feels like a decision was made with the intent to repackage key elements later. And there's, and, and, and I don't like that method of, of handling this. I don't like the idea that we are going to take like, the Elite Four is a key part of this. And, and look, you can say, like, that battle thing that you do at the end of, of the main story, that's kind of that game's Elite Four, and then you end up fighting Greedo, whatever the fuck her name is, uh, with the giant hair. Like, maybe that's the case you could make. Maybe you could make that case. But comparing that to this, this is a challenge. That is not. It, it's, just, it, it's just kind of silly to me that the the idea of taking this, you know, taking these these things and putting them into... Because if you, if you distill it down, that's all it is. There's no reason why the base game couldn't have this functionality where you collect the... Because you, you collect these points and the universe or the school will use it to upgrade... Um, various regions of, of Paldea. Like, th there's there's no reason why that 
is the case. Like, that that could have been in the base game. And it's like, oh, and here are the starters. Oh, here are, you know, all of the possible... And that's the thing, too. It's like, the Terrarium gives you that out to use the fossil Pokemon in a cool way. They don't. There's Shieldon, there's Kratos, that's it. You could have brought everyone in. There's no reason why you didn't. Why the fuck didn't you? Like, that you, you have a mechanic here to bring in everything. Like, what's the point of not? Like, it, it's just... like, And the fact that I'm walking around the Terrarium... And it's like, okay, so the terrarium is supposed to be in, um, in Unova. Alright, that, that kind of makes sense. Because the, the terrarium, you know, the BB Academy is in, is in Unova. Okay, got it. All makes sense. All tracks. My, my, my issue is, why are there so many fucking Unova Pokemon hanging around in this fucking, you know, in, in this fucking thing? Because if you have a terrarium designed to showcase other regions' Pokemon, you, you would think, especially Unova, which, you know, Unova back in Gen 5, was designed to soft-reboot the franchise. Like, it was designed to be like, okay, so we are going to take Pokemon and we're going to put it in this bold new direction. Um, so, so get the fuck ready. And it's like, alright, cool, appreciate it, like this idea, I'm excited to be a part of it, let's see where it goes. Um, and to that end, in the base game, there are no Pokemon or in the pre... In, I think post-game is the only place you can even get any Pokemon that are not from Unova. Beyond that, you can only get Unova Pokemon in the base game. And the point of that is, Unova's isolated. They have different species. So why are we getting to this terrarium in this high-end school where it's like, oh, and here's a fucking Sawsbuck and a Deerleg... And, and Zeb Striker and, and the fucking crocodile dude. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Why would you waste the time um, on that when you could just really, like, you could you could use up those Pokédex spots. Like, and, and look, okay, let's refresh. I get why. I think that this is telegraphing to us that we are going to have a Unova game coming in the near future. I think we, we either get a, a remake of Black and White or, and I think this is more likely, we get another Legends game for Black and White. Um, and that'll wrap up the Switch's life cycle. Um, but if that's the case, what the fuck is going on? Like, I... This, this is one of the worst DLCs I've played in a while. Um, and it's just... It like there's nothing innovative, like, and, and even like the story, like there there is no story in this that couldn't have been done in Paldea. Like there there's no reason why you have to go to a new region or go to the fucking terrarium. That it's it's just it's it's silly. It's silly from beginning to end, and, and it doesn't serve any narrative purpose besides to get you to pay that money, especially, and, and I think that that's the thing that really, you know, kind of impacted this, was you get to the end of the, of the, of the DLC, and you go back to Area Zero to go down to the basement, and it's like, okay, so a year ago, I couldn't do this, and I think that is, like, if you're gonna do this, 
you got to keep in mind that most people aren't restarting the game or playing the game fresh. Most people are going to be playing it, you know, playing the DLC as they come. They're not going to be playing it, you know, out of the out of the game, or they're not going to be playing the game again, then playing the DLC. I don't fucking remember what went on in Area Zero in the post game. Like, what the fuck? Why? Like, why would I remember that? Like, what? I, I don't remember. Um, so, so to have it be like, okay, so now we're going to Area Zero again, and it's like, oh, so remember the last time you were here? Like, no, the fuck, I do not. All I remember is that they had these cool robot-y versions of the Pokemon, and I got a, and I got the, the Box Legend um, in a in a Dust Ball. That's all I remember. Um, I don't remember anything more specific than that. Um, but look, I, I gotta say, what this DLC does do is it gives me pause for the next time. Because it's, it, like, especially the fact that they repackaged what is ostensibly the Elite Four and the Champion Battle. Like, and the thing is, too, it's like, it, it feels like we're shortchanging, um, oh, what the fuck was her name, even? the girl in the in the base game. I forgot her name, but your rival, kind of. Her story gets shortchanged by the arrival of Kieran, and, and I do like Kieran's arc. Don't get me wrong. That, I think, is the shining kind of plus of this DLC pack, is the, the arc that Kieran goes on. Um, and, like, yeah, I mean, I would be pissed off, too, if this kid transferred in from another school and you know, this this one thing that I, you know, that I believed in, that no one fucking believed me for, like, you know, this, you know, it turned out to be true, and this kid took it, and then, you know, to go from there to, um, go to the new school and be like, I'm going to beat him, and then he comes in and kicks my ass and, and takes over, like, yeah, I'd be pissed too. Like, I would, I, like, I, I totally understand Kieran's motivations, everything about that, but... That could have also been what's her name from the base game, whose name I'm forgetting. Um, and 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 if you make that her, and you're traveling through the entire story with her, that would be better. It just, I I think what this DLC does, it confirms that Pokemon needs more time to bake in between releases. They need to, they they need, if they want to make games like this, these giant games that are. Uh, designed to be, um, what's it called, that, that are designed to be competing with the biggest AAA titles, that's fine, you can do that, but you gotta make sure the game gets everything in, like, this feels like if you bought Tears of the Kingdom, and the final fight was locked behind a DLC pack, like, or you, or you bought, like, let's say Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, and people were waiting so long, and, like, the key thing at the end that everyone was waiting for got locked behind a DLC pack. Like, there are... That's what this kind of feels like. And I think that is kind of the big mistake that kind of... This will be the defining thing of Generation 9, I think. For me, at least, will be the failure of, of Sword and Shield. This kind of just is the icing on that cake. Um, and it's depressing, because you can see there is the beginnings of a good game here. And had this DLC, 
just been the game. It would have been so much smoother. And if these characters had been with us from the beginning, it would have gone so much smoother. Maybe they have to scale back. Maybe they have to reconsider what they're doing in terms of keeping this massive, like, you know, building these massive open worlds and doing all of that. Maybe they need to, you know, maybe they need to think about doing an HD 2D art style. Maybe that's where this needs to go. But I don't think that this is a tenable situation. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, I don't think that... I think another one like this, especially for Generation 10, which I still suspect will be released in 2026 to coincide with the 30th anniversary. If that is the case, and, and, and if we get another clunker out of Generation 10, I don't know how this franchise can survive. I don't know how this franchise could go on to to continue to exist. Because I think that, you know, one of the saving graces of, of, of Scarlet and Violet was that it delivered on the idea of this is what an open world Pokemon could be. And yeah, the graphics are shit. Yeah, the textures are shit. Yeah, the game looks and runs like complete shit. Especially when you compare it to other... Um, what's it called, to other games that were running on the Switch. Like, five months later, or six months later, you end up with the, you know, with, with Tears of the Kingdom coming out. And and look at how much better that looks and runs. Um, Super Mario Wonder. Like, if this is the case, and this is what we're dealing with, you gotta do better about making sure that the games are presentable at what... Players have come to expect from a major AAA title. We have expectations at this point, especially if you're going to put out a game that big. And if you continue to not release a good game, you're going to end up falling to the wayside as a franchise. And then one of these other franchises, be it Power World, be it Coromon, be it, you know, Cassette Beast, be it, you know, and any number of these other ones. Um, if that is, like, those will end up rising up and taking over these slots. And therein lies a major problem. Um, for, for the Pokemon Company, not for us. Because, I mean, Cassette Beast is great. Coromon is great. But for Pokemon, they need to get their act together. Um, they've survived one, quote-unquote, assassination attempt with Yokai Watch. I don't know if they'll be able to survive a second, especially if public opinion on these games does not improve. Considering how how poorly received this is and how bad the game continues to look a year after launch. Like if they were like, look, we're gonna put out free like what they they needed to do the the hello games, the the you know, look, we hear you. We fucked up. We are not going to... Um, what's it called? We are not going to... Um, you know, we're, we're going to fix the game. Had they just eaten... And, 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 and just released this DLC as free... I feel like we've had a lot different of a, of a conversation. And I get it sounds like I'm complaining because I don't I have to pay for the DLC. I'm not. I pay for video games all the time, and I'm very glowing about them. It's just this 
feels like an unforced error because they feel the need to keep this machine going. And in this world of, you know, we're finding out more and more that infinite growth is unsustainable. It's, it's just becoming worse and worse. Um, and I think Pokemon might be one of these things that ends up being like, well, we can't keep getting bigger and bigger, so what do we have to do? How do we handle the ever-changing world? And that is kind of where we are now. But we will wrap up there for today. Uh, the next time we talk about a video game, it'll be over on the backlog file. The link will be made available as soon as uh, we have one because the show is not live until next Tuesday. Um, and at that point, all the links will be up on the uh, on the, the, the website. Um, but until our next episode, have a great rest of your week.